Are you ready to get started? Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what is the name of this episode? I didn't even look it up. The Long Nights. The Long Nights. Okay, well, this is Hooplecast, and this is a bonus episode to talk about uh, Season 8, Episode 3 of Game of Thrones. I, originally, I was only going to record one of these for the very last episode, but this feels like a finale in some ways, so I thought, eh, we should probably talk about it, because stuff gets wrapped up. Let's go yeah. around the horn and talk just very briefly. Did you just like it on a emotional, visceral level? Like, were you pleased with the episode? Will? Yeah, I, I really liked the episode. Um, uh, it was very tense and kind of, I mean, this was the episode you kind of expecting a lot of people to die and i was kind of dreading it leading up to it and i didn't really want to watch it because i was afraid of who might die um so they did a good job of you know creating tension and yeah i've seen some nitpicks online which i didn't mind you know the stuff that people are nitpicking but overall yeah it's a good episode okay steve uh, so I watched it twice. So the first time I saw it, um, I had a very raw and emotional feel about it. I was just kind of absorbing it. And I, I think this episode is very raw and emotional. So I, I was like the perfect target audience for this. And then I went back and I watched it a second time. And I, I started started to appreciate some of the, the artistry behind the, you know, the making of the episode, just, just the sheer scope of the size of it. And, um, it, it was good to watch it a second time because it tempered some of the, the raw dislikes that I had initially. So I, it's a better episode just, you know, as it grows on you. Oh, see, now this is interesting. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm going to have this opposite experience. I, I felt like when I watched it, like, that's good. I don't really know if I want to ever watch that again. It reminded me of the Lost finale, which, and I'll tell you what, what I mean by that, is that when watching it, I enjoyed it in the very short afterglow. I, I liked it, and even the next day, someone said, did you like it? I said, it was good, or how was it? It was good. But then I started seeing arguments online about all the problems, and like, oh yeah, I do see that. Oh, right, that doesn't make sense. Oh, that is disappointing that they did that when they could have done the other thing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I, I, I question myself. Is it is it good the first go around and is that enough? Or does something need to persist in, in my memory? Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to like it less the second time around. And we can get into the well, nitpicky stuff because I think there's a fair bit of it. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's interesting. This this whole season, this last season, I, I came in with like expectations of what I expected to happen. Like I had, you know, I, I absorbed all the the fan theories and came up with some of my own. And even for this episode, I'm, you know, I, I had a picture in my mind what it would be, and because it was not that, I, I was kind of disappointed at first. But then I was like, you know, what 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 am I doing here? It, this is a great piece of art. And I should just appreciate it for what it is. And I was telling Will earlier, I was like, we are so spoiled. <laughs> Why are we nitpicking you know, every little thing? <laughs> just be happy for what it is. <laughs> and that's that's fair. Um, because there hasn't been anything of this scale on television before. And yeah, it's, 
it's pretty remarkable and I appreciate it from a production standpoint. But I do feel like there is a a divide in the Game of Thrones viewership between the book readers and the show readers or the show viewers mm-hmm. in in this respect that the book readers really like texture and lore and mythology and really deep stuff and the occasional like rah rah moment but i feel like the the tv only viewers who don't really get too deep into the weeds of of stuff just like like spectacle and i like spectacle too but it's not my the reason why i like game of thrones i like it for the characters and scrappy underdogs and political maneuvers and the mythology and and all that other stuff so this really wasn't my episode. I feel like my episodes are going to be the next three, and I'm excited for those. So, yeah this uh, this this episode didn't have a whole lot of nuance and uh, you know rewatch value. I mean it 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 is a spectacle, and you know you just kind of kind of sit back and absorb it. But um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, I also don't think that I would want to watch it too many times again. Maybe like a few scenes I would want to watch again, but there was a lot of, I mean, I understand the reasoning. I think they talked about it on the, after the episode where you can't just have like 90 minutes of fighting. You have to, you know, slow it down some and have some breaks in there. But there were some of those breaks or those low points where I was just kind of like, why? Like, <laughs> what are they doing? Um, Okay, and again, those those slow points are probably my high points. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not trying to be contrarian, uh, but I like the the scene with Sansa and Tyrion in the crypt. I, I like that, like probably the most of any scene in the in the show, and the whole sequence with Arya um, being very silent when the kind of turned into a horror film. Yeah, I did like and that as everything, well. Everything, everything yeah. Arya, I loved. Yeah. Um, and the, and when the it got very piano-y at the end, <laughs> I, I enjoyed yeah, that. I really like that. Very emotional, but I feel like a lot of um, a, a lot of my enjoyment on the first and only viewing that I've done so far, it it was all based around who's gonna live and who's gonna die and the kind of tension. And now that I know the outcome, it's not gonna be as entertaining. It's what I fear. Yeah. I've only, I've only seen it once. I have gone back and watched that. Um, uh, dog is barking in his sleep. Um, I've uh, gone back and watched the uh, the scene at the end in the Weirwood, but that's about all I've gone back and rewatched. I've watched some reaction videos, and it's fun watching. You know, like that one bar in Chicago where all these. People, for whatever reason, decide that's how they're going to watch the episode, standing yeah. in a bar. Uh, it's, it's great. Like, I, I love that they are super into it. And, hmm, okay. But why, <laughs> where the hell did Melisandre come from? Why did the Dothraki run into the, uh, the dark? Like, totally <laughs> That was one of the things what? I had. It's like, that was pretty. Like, why did she, <laughs> did she, did she give them that knowing that they were going to, did she, like, why? I know they're probably emboldened by these flaming swords, and they didn't really know what they were running off into. But well, Jorah well they did see with them. So mm-hmm. then they came back, and that's the other, like. Then how did they come back? But the Dothraki didn't. And I, several times, oh my God, Brienne is covered with the undead. Well, she's dead. No, she's not. Okay, how did? Huh? 
<laughs> There's a lot of like, <laughs> wait, what? That's not plausible. <laughs> so yeah. with uh, Melisandre sh- showing up right at the beginning, um, you know, at the end of uh, the first episode of this season, there was a hooded writer that came into town, and I was like, oh, it's Benjamin. And five seconds later, no, it's Jamie Lannister. And then in this episode, here's a, a hooded writer come. Um, coming in before the the horde it's like oh, it's benjen it's like no it's not it's the red woman i was just really excited for benjen <laughs> i thought it was your friend who who was like um yeah what's yeah. his name eric eric who was like i really like that benjen stark <laughs> yeah bread bread picked benjen right away and uh i picked theon right away so this was theon's episode and I have you know ten minutes worth of Theon talk if you if you want to get into it. We do like three <laughs> minutes of Theon talk. <laughs> I found an article, don't know the source, but the premise was that the author asked two military experts. I don't know their bona fides, but they were both asked, "Did the Army of the Living did they do a good job planning this defense?" And the answer no. was a resounding no, not even <laughs> close. And they, I, I mean, when they started getting into like the the placement of the trebuchets, like I was like, okay, you're, I'm in the weeds with all of this military strategizing. But like the big takeaways were, you don't send in the Dothraki, not knowing where they're going. You keep them like on the wings. Um, they said, mm-hmm. well, if, if dragon glass is dangerous to White Walkers and the Whites. Why not have like crumbled up dragon glass like on the walls, like so they can't touch it? Like, why not pour it down on them? Why not have burning pitch on them? Like, where? Why not do more recon? That was like the big thing. Like, you don't even know when it's coming and how big the horde is. How about some research? <laughs> if only look? they had winged, you know, vehicles they could fly over and do some recon. Uh, if only. Uh huh. Fucking brand waste of space, brand. I know there's a theory where he's like orchestrating like every, like he's like this big puppet master and like he engineered it to go back in time to, to, to give the dagger to like whatever so that he, he himself would be put, you know, like there's all this like stuff about him actually being the Lord of Light and all this, well, it's all crazy stuff. Yeah. The, the more we get into the final season, all those theories kind of go out the window just because they don't have time to be introducing new things. Mm-hmm. If they tried um, so, to say that Bran was some, like, really, cause we saw him do the thing with Hodor, but that he has, like, such awareness that he orchestrated everything in the beginning, there's no way they can convey that without some giant, boring exposition dump. Yep. So, uh, yeah, um, I mean, that's what I've been saying, like, oh yeah, he gave her the knife knowing that he made sure Theon was gonna be there cause he knew that Theon needed to hold him off a little longer. Um, and also the red woman was orchestrating all of this as well. I guess there were two of them working together. Well, not really working together, but working at the same time. I like the idea that Melisandra was just like sort of grasping, like she had like some of the puzzle pieces, but she didn't know what the the picture was. So she thought it was Stannis was the guy to back enough to kill that girl, Shireen, and all the other things she did for them, like kill Renly. Um, but really it was John. She should have been putting her, you know, efforts behind. So she like made like all these mistakes, but Ultimately, she was kind of a hero in that she had this 
big awareness of who the real threat was. And she was trying to inspire by the Lord of Light to be on the side of light, which is a very noble thing. But she kept too many of those cards close to the vest. So for the longest time, we hated her. Maybe she was secretly a goodie, just very misguided. And I love that the final <laughs> sort of like the, the final image, which at the time I was very shocked that that was the last image. But I like that, that the, the sad act of I'm going to just I'm OK to die now because I've atoned for my mistakes. That's how I look at it is sort of atonement. Yeah, I was allowed to, well, live this long to do a thing. I've done the thing. Now I can be what I should be, which is dust, dust to the wind. <laughs> yeah, I saw that she had served her purpose and defeated the Lord of Death, just like when she said that uh, Derek or Beric yeah, has Derek. served his purpose. Derek. And, yeah, he died. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the the Red Woman's interesting. I, I think she, she had the big picture, right? But uh, she's pretty ineffectual. Right, even the the lighting of the swords, while it was a big hero moment, didn't really do anything. There wasn't much payoff, and then um, the lighting of the the moat around the castle that was good for about five minutes until you know they figured out a way around. So e- even like the the magic that she produced, these big magical moments, pretty much ineffectual. And same with Jon Snow. Jon Snow was pretty ineffectual for this episode. Like your your hero moments didn't come from your heroes it, it came from you know standing tall and you know defense against you know impossible odds uh, it's, I, I think the the quiet moments of this episode will will kind of stand out more than you know dragons oh the dragons the dragons didn't do anything they no, kind of ro- rode around bullshit <laughs> they, they were awful <laughs> Danny and John they should have been laying, laying waste <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, some of those those scenes were a little bit dragons, ghost. I was so excited to see ghost back, and then ghost disappeared five minutes in. I was like, "Come on, <laughs> this is too much to do." Dragons and ghosts too too time consuming. So all the all the magical elements didn't really amount to anything. It was it was the the like the human spirit, the the living that kind of you can go save the day but i don't know because <laughs> melisandre's magic into <laughs> they always found they found a way around the trenches i mean, it it bought them some time i guess it bought them like 10 more minutes to fill up that hour hour and a half i don't know it was all very weird like planning strategy <laughs> it, all right. Don't so, let Jon Snow plan strategy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's why we have Tyrion and Varys, like, and and even Sansa. Like, they were supposed to be the brains, and Arya, Brienne, Jaime, whatever. They're the brawn, and the brains didn't do anything. They didn't plot and plan anything, and they had two kind of slow but still fun episodes to do some some planning, and they didn't do it. Yeah, like they waited to like. Yeah, a few hours before the battle to start. Is that because they were like drinking? Yeah, all this. You knew they were coming. Like, oh, yeah. what did we forget to do? Oh shit! Plan the <laughs> battle. It's like in five minutes. <laughs> we're gonna die. I guess we should. <laughs> so I kind of not really got into it with a guy on the internet, but 
we had a difference of opinion. Uh, I said that I thought my my opinion was that Daenerys, if she wanted to be queen, should have been doing some more behind the scenes leading and not been on the front lines. Because if she dies, then what's the kind of what's the point uh, of her whole arc? So I likened her to a captain on Star Trek that ought to be on the bridge, not part of the away team, even though I know yeah, that's not uh, how tele- television works. And and he's like, just admit. Because this was in a Sansa thread, um, where the the topic of the thread was something like say not say something nice about Sansa, <laughs> and and he had, <laughs> he started saying like, well, at least uh, Danny was on the front lines, and I was saying, well, but she shouldn't be there. And he goes, just admit that you don't like Danny, and stop arguing disingenuously. And I said, I'm not going to admit that I don't like Danny. I love Danny. I I and I didn't know we were arguing. I thought we were just debating. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't. Yes. Yeah, I just didn't think Sansa that, did uh, have that one line, uh, like the the this best thing we can do right now is um, you know look truth in the face. She she did have that line. They they had that the same discussion while they were down in the crypts. Like, what are we doing down here? It's like we should be doing something. It's like, well, we can't. Yeah, so the, they had that in the episode. Well, I feel like they could have thought of something for them to do other than <laughs> hide and be useless. Uh, useless, like Bran was apparently useless. People are saying that he warged into the Ravens and f- flew out for some other purpose, flew past the Dragon and the Night King to the north for some other reason, mm. and no one mm. was really quite sure what that was all about. I can't imagine what is to the north that he needs to see at this point, if, no, if indeed I they went that direction. That. I didn't get anything I got- from that. I I, no, I, I just got that uh, he he sent the ravens to kind of like uh, annoy the the night king to say hey night king I'm I'm waiting for you and get him moving uh, and um, okay. get him out get him out of the storm clouds and you know in the open so he's <laughs> just talking to the uh, and then all of a sudden I'm going now <laughs> like by the uh... <laughs> <laughs> later days I wondered if. They were intentionally losing, like being really sucky strategists to lure him out. Mm. Because he's such I don't think a, they were purposely. No, I would hope. Oh. I would hope <laughs> not, because they killed a lot of people. If that's what they did, they're really assholes. If that's their strategy. But on the other hand, why is the Night King, if when he's the linchpin, if he dies, everything is end. And you know, like he's like the king in chess. You don't throw the king way out in the front of the chessboard. He's pretty cocky. Probably didn't He's think just they a cocky could. motherfucker? But, yeah, it doesn't I mean he has to know they have dragon glass, right? Or maybe he didn't think anybody would be able to get to him. Thing is we don't know much about him, as in Zero, and we don't know yeah. really all the rules about who he can resurrect and the time frame of anything and the radius of anything. <laughs> it's all pretty murky. It, it's interesting as a you know the main antagonist for the show. He, he doesn't say any words. You know, he, he never says anything. He just stands um, there, looks menacing. I'm going to argue with you about Smirks being the main antagonist of the show. I think the main antagonist <laughs> is Cersei Lannister. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and someone tried to counter my argument about Daenerys actually like being a general by saying, well, she's got to fly that dragon. No, John's on one dragon and Bran wargs into the other dragon. He's supposed to warg into the dragon. That's what I said he needed to do when I started reading that first book. And he hasn't done it yet. And it's really pissing me off. 
He's got three episodes to do it. At one point, I thought he was going to warg. I thought he had warged into those uh, ravens like he was going to sacrifice his body. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe have the three of uh, the Night King think that he had won when maybe he really didn't. I don't know. But yeah, Danny, uh, it's weird that, she, you know, as soon as the Dothraki got hurt, she kind of like ditched the plan. I think they were supposed to be trying to lure. I think the plan was to wait for the Night King to show himself and then they would go after him, which ended up not working anyway because they, because he withstood the fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she essentially did the exact same thing that Jon Snow did at the Battle of the Bastards, where yeah. you know they had a plan, and then first first opportunity they <laughs> ditched the plan. Yeah, it must be that Targaryen <laughs> impulse. <laughs> yeah. So I came into this episode expecting many, many, many to die. I, I had a I had a list, a kill sheet. I, I predicted thirteen named characters to die, and I only accurately predicted three of those. Three of those thirteen. So a lot of people were breathing at the end of this episode. Yeah, the body count was pretty low for our main characters. Surprisingly so. I really thought we'd get a heartbreaking death, and we, unless you really care about Beric. D- d- or Derek, <laughs> according to Will, or uh, Dolores Ed. I don't know. What are we broken up? What are we sad? Who are we saddest about? Is I think a anybody? lot of people like Theon now. Are there really? I think there are a few people broken up about Theon, but I don't know. I guess they maybe have to save a few now. Since I watched one thing, was I'm really glad that they ended the storyline this episode. A lot of people were predicting that Winterfell would fall, and then it would, you know, this whole story would bleed over into the, later in the season. Yeah, that that was my prediction that um, they would retreat from Winterfell. the The first battle with the Night King, they would lose, and they would have to retreat south. And fight him again at some point this season, but I, I guess you know get that over with now and have three I'm seasons so, with Cersei or three episodes with Cersei. I'm so I'm so happy that they did that, and it's it really. I know it's a, everyone, certain people's opinions, and they're fine; they're entitled to them. But it's just remarkable how different their opinions are from mine. People saying that everything after this is going to be anticlimactic, that this should have been the finale or the episode before the finale, and now it's going to feel like a real slog, or like, what's the <laughs> point? I'm like, the point, like, that is the my least favorite storyline, and I am so glad it's over. Like, I understand that it was important for that, for that to exist, to bring characters and, and, you know, plots together, but it's not what I like about the show. It doesn't, it's, this isn't character drama for me, because the Night King is just a you know a person personalityless you know thing to to conquer. He's not interesting. Well, you're right. Um, yeah, we we've had two episodes now at Winterfell. You know, exclusively at Winterfell. I, I want to see what Cersei's been up to, and I've been wrong this entire season about you know expectations. So I, I I'm. I have an open mind for the last three episodes. They can do whatever they want at this point. Um, you know, I, I feel like a soldier at Winterfell who, who's, you know, survived the, the Great War. Everything after this is kind of gravy. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Bravo, so yeah. watch that theater troupe put on a play. That's what I want. I just want to chill <laughs> in Essos. I want to go to that butterfly I, island. I, I want to go open up an episode yeah. with, with Masande ro- frolicking on that butterfly island. Okay. Well, I hear Bear Island is uh, is uninhabited right now. You can take a castle. <laughs> and all those northern houses are probably just <laughs> gone. <laughs> I'm just hoping retire. that the last episode is a real, just like coda for the for the entire series, and we we don't really have much plot or conflict in the final episode. I want it to be just sort of like an unwinding, checking in with characters as they sort of start the next chapter of their lives. It doesn't need to be a flash forward, but I guess it could be. Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, I wouldn't mind if. Uh... Well, maybe not. Like, could the final confrontation with Cersei be in the beginning of the episode? No, I think it should be the next to last. Yeah, the next to last. And I wouldn't mind seeing like a brief glimpse, you know, maybe like a hundred years in the future or something. I don't know. Everybody's driving cars and on computers. (laughs) So her only army really are the Golden Company from Essos, right? She's yeah. got, she's kind of got a Lannister army sort of kind of, but she's really put all of her eggs in the uh, mercenary basket, right? It's probably she, more than the Northerners have right now. After, yeah, but if they all pool their money, they could say, "Can we buy you, please?" Instead of her, yeah. and come over to our side. I don't know. What did well, you guys? Well, gold think companies of- never broken a contract. That's their. That's what they're. Oh. Known, that's what they're known for. Contract law. Yeah. The hero of the, of, the, of the show is a lawyer who finds <laughs> a loophole in that contract. <laughs> what do you? What did you guys think about Arya being the one that killed the Night King? Oh, uh, go ahead, Will. Um, yeah, I thought it was badass. I saw on the after the episode where they said they've known for three years who it was going to be. Uh, and they, what they were trying, they were hoping that you would have lost track of Arya and forgotten her by that point, because it had been a while since we had seen her. And I had completely forgotten about her because leading up to that, they've got you so enthralled and involved in these other characters who are close to dying. And, um, I also saw our interview with Kit Harrington saying that when he found out it was going to be, Arya, he was pissed because he thought it should have been. Yeah, he was kind of joking and laughing, but you know, <laughs> he's the one who should have killed him. Oh, he's had enough to do. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of wonder where Arya came from. You you just see her like jumping through the air and magically, you know, appear almost like she teleported in or something. It, it would have been nice. You know, I I had a theory where she would have uh, taken on the face of one of the undead and kind of shuffled in and got in close and then made her, her attack. Um, I, I think that would have been, would have been, you know, just, just have that 10 second shot of this, <laughs> this random undead character kind of shuffling about. Where like, what's that, up with this? Where that fourth <laughs> dragon come from? I didn't realize there were four dragons. Wait a minute. That's not a dragon. It's a little girl. <clears throat> I didn't notice when I watched it live, but I did notice when I went back and rewatched that scene, like right before you see like, you know, some of the White Walkers watching and one of them hair kind of lifts up like, you know, like mm. wind blew by. Yeah, she's so fast that, yeah. you know, strands of hair are disturbed. 
she could have been hiding up in the tree and maybe dropped down from the tree. I, I would have been okay with that, but I don't know. Just kind of, when you think about it, you're like, what? Where did she come from? But uh, I do like that she was the one that um, took on the Night King. I didn't expect it in this episode, so it, it was a surprise for me. So it was good. I, I didn't expect it either. I liked it, though. I, this was a storyline. This was an arc that, that paid off. For all those people complaining about how much time she spent training, well, here you go. <laughs> it's good that she <laughs> it was did. All for this. Huh. Yep. <laughs> a lot of people say they thought this was the end to the, you know, White Walker saga was anticlimactic, but I don't think so. It was the first scene in the first episode, and there are times where we didn't, you know, hear from them at all for like a, you know, really long time, but still. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm happy it's over. <laughs> so I will say the the one theory that would would not happen now. You know, one of the theories that I had was that the Night King was going to take his dragon to Old Town and burn down the Citadel, right? Kind of destroying the history of man. Uh, I, that that was my prediction for this episode. The they would the army of the undead would attack Winterfell, but the Night King wouldn't make an appearance there. He he would be off somewhere else doing some kind of destruction, have like a a bigger world impact um, than just a attack on Winterfell. Um, but we're not going to get that now, and that was just you know my my theory in my head. So doesn't really have need to happen now. Now you saying that reminds me of the scene where Bran said that the reason why the Night King wants to come after him is because he's like the Wikipedia of Westeros. Yeah. Like all all of humankind, all of Westeros history has been like he's cloud storage. He's got it all backed up. And therefore they kill him, there's no there's like all of human memory is erased or something. Yeah. But of course you got those um Maesters in that citadel keeping Making Bran books, so they, they would be next. You know, they they just, probably feel really shitty hearing Bran say that he's more important than all the work that they're doing. <laughs> is my point. If I if I was a maester and I heard that, I would be like, oh, thanks. That's well, they will never know. Thanks for right? saying I'm irrelevant. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, you guys have favorite line of the episode? There wasn't much dialogue. I'll tell you that. But any favorite lines? Well, my favorite line was not today, motherfucker. But that was me who said that. <laughs> uh, my favorite line is uh, nonverbal. You know, the, the death of Beric and Jorah Mor- Mormont, when, when they both died, they didn't have, a, you know, a final word, some kind of witty remark, no, I love you, or, you know... They just died, and I think that's really realistic. Um, where where people are when when you get stabbed thirty times, you don't have time to come up with some kind of last remark. You just end up dying, and I I, I really appreciated that they did that, even though it kind of didn't have much closure to you know Danny who was sitting there or you know you know why why did he die? I guess the the red woman you know kind of explained it for him, but. Um, I, I just appreciate that no words were spoken. And I think that's realistic. Guess we forgot about Lyanna Mormont. 
Yeah. I, I, I like her, but I don't know. I guess I'm not as attached to her as a lot of people are. She became a meme more than she became a character. <laughs> I, I I like her a lot. I she's you know a plucky little little pistol. Um, <laughs> it sucks that she died, but ob- obviously putting her in this battle and having her kill that giant was so fan servicey. Yep. That I I mean it. Again, that was one of the things, like, I, I loved it when it happened, but I am going going to probably hurt myself rolling my eyes watching this episode a second time because of <laughs> stuff like that. It's just, it's great in the moment. Then you think about it and you realize that's pretty stupid. <laughs> well, if you, if you look at it as that's the human spirit, you know, staring death in the face and screaming, you know, and, you know, just giving it your all, even when, you know, all is lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, you sh- she personifies, you know, the the spirit of the episode, and I I, I think there's more to see than just this meme. That uh, even her dying breath was like kind of a meme, but uh, was, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we saw plenty of oh, when her parents have nightmares, they crawl into her bed. Uh, you know, <laughs> when Chuck Norris goes to sleep, he checks in the closet for Leanna Mormont. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Like we get it; she's tough. She's a tough girl. She's a tough girl. I would have liked to seen her live just so she can build, you know, Bear Island and the Mormont family. Yeah. Because um, I expected uh, Jorah to die. I didn't expect her to die. That that was that was a bit of a surprise. And I think that's because I wanted her to live. I, I wanted her to, you know, be the, the head of the house for many, many years to come. I, I would have liked that as well. I also think that there's another kind of strength, which is the strength of like being a survivor the survivor's guilt kind of strength. What happens when you see that all the North is decimated and all your bannermen are dead and that your house is in ruins and you, you're still alive. Like that takes a certain kind of strength of character. And I wanted to know, does she have that kind of strength? Mm. I don't know. We'll never find out. I also had a uh, prediction list because I, I went to a friend's house, um, and before the episode, she gave us homework, basically. She's like, here's a sheet with 40 characters on it. <laughs> Check off who's going to live, who's going to die. Also, we're all putting down $10. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm doing this then. Um, so basically, as people lived and died, I'm like running through my, my, my head. Did I, what did I put for that guy? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. I think I'm good. <laughs> I want to win a contest now. Now we're, I'm so distracted by that. I predicted everyone in the crypts would have died. They all would have been wiped out. And as far as I know, no one of note died down there. Everyone survived. Gilly, little Sam, you know, Varus, everyone who was down there. Even uh, even when all was lost, you know, like uh, you mentioned, uh, Tyrion and Sansa were there kind of. Like, all right, we're we're either going to make our last stand. You know, when she pulled out that knife, I kind of thought that she was going to commit suicide. I I kind of got that feeling too. Only sort of like if if it's going to happen, I'm not going to allow myself to be uh, undead. Right? I think that would have been pretty powerful. Like you open up that crypt, and oh yeah, Sansa committed suicide. Oops. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we should have checked. We should have told her it's, the battle was going well. <laughs> Because uh, she 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 saw how the battle was going up on the parapets and retreated and saw that it wasn't getting any better and you know if anyone was going to do it, it would have been her. 
I wanted her to do a callback to the Battle of Blackwater and say, I think we're in for a little bit of a rape. Mm. Mm. No one remembers that. I'm I'm the only one who remembers yeah. drunk drunk Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> See, you mentioned drunk Cersei. I mean we, we can kind of predict going forward, you know, if there's gonna be a battle against Cersei, I don't think she would give anyone the pleasure of you know, killing her. I think she would take her own life, you know, poison. Um, I, that's how I see the end going. I don't, I don't know. At this point, I can't really see how the next three episodes are going to shape up. But uh, if there is any kind of confrontation, you know, that Blackwater episode kind of hints to what Cersei would do. Sometimes when these pathological, narcissistic, awful, horrible human beings have power they just don't want to let it go and you just you you pray no one meddles in your elections in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> Sarah could probably go back to um Linus Port or wherever they are and live the rest of her life there but she, I don't think she would want to give it up Jamie what? may Ooh. either Jamie's going to kill her or he's going to advocate for sparing her what what if this is like uh, a situation where she somehow escapes, like slips out the back door, and they never catch her? <laughs> she goes into exile at, she, in Esos. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, you see a little title card six months later, and she's like, you know, working a shop somewhere, oysters, clams, and cockles, or something. <laughs> she's there with a the mountain, trying to be inconspicuous. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about uh, this episode three? The no. long night. It was a very long night. It was 82 <laughs> minutes. Is that how long it was? Like uh, 82 minutes, yeah. The longest battle ever filmed, either on film or on television. Whoopee. The, the only thing that comes close is the Battle of Helm's Deep in The Lord of the Rings, which was 40 minutes. About half that. This was more entertaining than that. I hated that. That was my low low point for for that movie franchise, which I think everybody forgot about. Such a big deal at the time, and now it's been eclipsed by stuff like this. Yep, it's been eclipsed. Uh, My final remark would be that Theon, Theon, my hero, Theon, uh, is the only one to stand up against the Night King. You know, he he went hand-to-hand combat with the Night King. He lost, of course, but... I think he's the only one in the history of man that uh, can can claim that. Sean tried to, but couldn't get close enough. My boy I, yeah, I mean, then Arya. <laughs> but up until that point, maybe. That's right. Maybe thousands decision. of years ago, somebody did. Because they did beat back the White Walkers at some point. Yeah, stupid decision, but it was... Um, <clears throat> I don't know. The it, it was in slow mo. You know, you had the the piano playing, and oh, the uh, piano. It, it was, um, you know, to to name name drop another, uh, you know, battle movie. You know, Glory. It was the end of Glory, where they they pick up the you know the flag and they run into you know suicide, basically. But you know, I did watch the beginning of the behind the scenes for this episode, which was like a forty minute documentary and i did appreciate that they acknowledge that battle fatigue is a thing as a viewer 
and that they structured it to have high points, not not low points as a pejorative, but action, slower stuff, character stuff, and that they structured it in like three acts: suspense, horror, action. Like I, I appreciate that they thought about that because I, I wasn't bored when watching it. But no, I, again, but- I'm just not sure how I'm going to feel on a rewatch because it's so long. Those 82 minutes go by real fast. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I did not feel bored at all. It helps that there are so many characters of, of so many different personalities in this location, which is different from when the wildlings assaulted the night's watch, which was like its own, almost an entire battle episode as well. And it's one mm-hmm. of the episodes that I saw, uh, in the theater when they had a, um, they had a two episode event special event and that was the first one and to me like the night's watch the wildlings snoozeville this is much better than that (laughs) i think um i would give the previous episode the night of the seven kingdoms you know episode two um a little higher marks than this one i I like the the more nuanced character driven kind of things in in that episode but I, I would still give Long Night high high praise. I mean, this this was pretty pretty amazing battle. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, we can talk more about Game of Thrones episodes four, five, and maybe a little bit of six. I know we're gonna hopefully we'll do another podcast when the season ends. Uh, we can talk about those other episodes though on the Facebook group, which is uh, just go on Facebook and search for Hooplecast. Mm-hmm. All right then. Mm-hmm. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Thank you.